five of four down territory this is officially the longest running podcast that any of the four of us have ever been on uh another good one for you we're, we're keeping the streak going of, of good episodes uh we have an interview with lucy rodine who we actually had on the podcast last week that is going to be very fun but first uh we have nothing and when i say we have nothing we have absolutely nothing planned we're just gonna go with the flow this is something new that we're trying out uh but who wants to talk about nothing Perfect. We're off to a great start. Thank you for all three of you. Thank you to all three of you for participating. Um, one thing that I, I do want to say before we continue to talk about nothing, uh, shout out Adam Hensley. He turned 24 and I'm not 24. So good job, Adam, for staying alive this long. Thank you. Staying alive. Staying alive. Adam, how does 24 feel? I'm old. I'm six years away from 30. Kobe um, year. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully nothing bad happens to me this year. Um, I think at one point on my birthday, I thought I was five years away from 30. But I'm not sure how that happened. My math wasn't working. At what working. point in the night was it? Probably a little later. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, – Adam, have you been lying about your age yeah, I actually lied about my age to be able to get on this podcast because we had a, a minimum age requirement of 21, and I'm actually a 15-year-old. Just like a TikTok star. <laughs> You're a Zoomer, right? That's what a, they're called? A Gen Z Zoomer? Yes. Zoomer. Yes. Hey, we're on a Zoom call. Oh, look at that. Zoom squared, baby. But uh, yeah, birthday was good. Um, got to spend it with uh, my family, you guys, some other friends. It was a uh, quality night in uh, West Glen, little Wellman's rooftop action. Pretty good time. Rooftop, rooftop, rooftop stuff. What is it like being twenty-four? I don't even turn twenty-three until next month. Um, do you have any advice for me? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you know, in, enjoy. Enjoy 22 while you have it. Don't, um, don't lose the magic. Adam, um, just a 22-year-old guy here. Hi. Um, I, I also have a question. Um, I turn 23 next month. Actually, um, at the time that we're recording this, it's in a little over two weeks. Uh, what do you have to say to me um about turning 23 and what can i expect during my 23rd year so the, the jordan year is a great year um you have your ups you have your downs for me i had a quarter life crisis um so watch out for those but uh 23 wasn't a bad year hopefully 24 is better <laughs> yes peter you know what's funnier than 24 what? 25. <laughs> I get it. Because those. I think, because what is it? Hold on. Let me just make, I'm just guessing here. But is it because 24 is one more than 25? Is that why it's funnier? You tell me. Because it's, maybe it's one closer to another funny number that I'm thinking of. So the closer you get to that. The closer you get, yeah, because the closer you get to, to that funny number, the funnier it is. 
the funny number is 26, right? No. Oh. I'm still afraid of seven after what he did to nine. Me and six are both I didn't afraid of seven. I understand that joke until like later than I should have. It just dawned on me one day. You, you thought know they were just counting up? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's I, I, no, I, I completely agree, Pete. <laughs> I also, there's a couple other jokes. I, the one joke that I told all the time when I was a kid, but never understood why it was funny, is uh, why did the golfer bring an extra shirt when he went golfing? Why? In, in, in case, case he got a hole in one. And I never understood. <laughs> I was like, oh, you just change shirts when you get like a, a one. That's like, smart, actually. <laughs> Like, I never understood it, that you were actually physically getting a hole in your shirt. Not a lot. Like, you get the hole in one, and then you're like, oh, let me take my shirt off and put on a new shirt, because I got a hole in one. Not a hole in the shirt, but because I got, I I shot the ball, and it landed in the cup after one stroke. Yeah, that's just shirt economics. I just thought you were, that's what you were supposed to do, and then I was with my dad once when he hit a hole in one, and he didn't change shirts, and I was like, Dad, didn't you bring an extra shirt? And he was like, no. Don't you know the rules? That's how I found out. That's how I found out that you're not actually supposed to bring an extra shirt golfing. I also didn't understand the uh, double-edged sword of why did the chicken cross the road? Oh, yeah. For a while. To get to the other side? Yeah. It's a roadkill joke. It's a roadkill joke. Yeah. Speaking of getting to the other side, Pete. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah, I'm just figuring this out, too. Wait, so get to the other side doesn't like, mean just get to the other side of the road. Like, no, other side, like he died and went to the other side. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty more Breaking right? news. What? I never knew that. What the wow. Hell? Four Down Territory will teach you a thing or two. Education podcast. Dang. Yeah, I thought it was just a lame joke. Just to get to the other side. I mean, that's why I would cross a road typically, but not that side. Where are you trying to get to when you're crossing a road then, Kiefer? Whatever's you on say the tip- Because typically you say, you, you just said typically you cross a road to get to the other side of the street. But that's only, so what are, what, what untypically, why are you, why would you be crossing a road? Well, on occasion, I'll cross the road just to cause a ruckus. <laughs> I'll cross the road so other people can't cross the road going the other way. But that's only typically. Usually, usually I'll, I'll cross the road to get to the other side, but sometimes. Sometimes you get a little rowdy. Yeah, me and the chicken. I actually push the chicken into traffic, and that's how he gets to the other side. This is a cow podcast now. Enemies of chicken. the podcast, chickens. How do you feel about that, Pete? <laughs> I strongly disagree with that take. Pete is against all of our enemies of yeah. the podcast like, <laughs> what gives who are your enemies you have to contribute to the list <laughs> yeah well one time there was a guy named pete destroyer who tweeted at me and said if your name is pete i hate you and then he tweeted at me a meme of a goose with a butter knife in its mouth that said peace was never an option and he added me to a private list on twitter called enemy list so that's your one enemy is this a true story true story pete destroyer and i have been going at it for about a year i just haven't heard from him since what is pete destroyer's actual name it's like at pete destroyer on twitter 
Yeah, but like, what's the like the guy who runs the account? Law is I have no idea. We need to investigate this. All right, four down territory podcast. Go to I Twitter. Looked, I looked up at Pete Destroyer. Yeah, it says at Pete Destroyer. It says it does not exist. What? Pete's making it up. Is what? the account gone? Yeah, the account's gone. You must right, have Pete reported Pete or something. Destroyer. I imagine for threatening violence against other Twitter <laughs> users. <laughs> All right, Pete, Pete Destroyer. We, we might have been enemies at one point, but I'm going to miss our battles. But now he's destroyed. Pete Destroyer, if you are listening to this podcast right now, we would love to have you on the podcast as a guest. Yeah, clear the air. What happened? Tell your side of the story. Where does your origin story begin? What, who we can was bury the, the first Pete that, you, that did you wrong? We can bury the hatchet Pete Destroyer. And how do you feel about the movie Hatching Pete? Ooh, he probably the, Disney, the Disney Channel original movie, Hatching Pete. It. How do you feel about it? His name is Pete. He's going to hate it. He probably took like the DVD cover and scribbled out hatchet and uh, hatching and put hatchet. <laughs> uh, anyhow, guys, like and subscribe and make sure to comment below what you think about the Disney Channel original movie, Hatching Pete. That's our show. No, how, how many guys named Pete doing wrong to you would it take for you to have a thing against Pete's? One. Just one. I have a thing against Coleman's. Coleman's? Like what? Yeah, name? Coleman. Yeah, the name Coleman. Like Gary Coleman? No, what do you think? no, not j- exclusively to first names. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Anyone. I've only heard that as a last name. Same. Yeah, no, this guy's name, his first name was Coleman. What did he do? Let's get into it another time, okay? Okay. I don't see a Coleman. Let's just say that man did me wrong when we were in kindergarten, second grade. Uh-oh. Something like that. All right, so uh, Pete ditched us, but uh, Kiefer and Henry and I went golfing. Hold on, can I defend myself before you tell this? I don't think that there's anything to defend, but let's hear your side of the story, Pete. I was down in southern Iowa, and we went, my brother and my sister and I were, this was the weekend a Father's Day, we're all together, so we went to Southern Iowa and golfed at Honey Creek. I'll just throw that out there. Let me ask you this, Pete. When did you make the plans with us to golf? <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. Let me ask you, was that before or after you made plans to go down to your family's cabin? I do not remember. Actually, I think they planned on going down on Father's Day before. Mm. I could be wrong. Mm. And uh, no, 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 let me tell you. I remember my mom made the plans without telling me. That's mm. what happened. Okay. She told everyone else in the family yeah. but me. Mm. She probably assumed I wasn't doing anything, which is fair, but. <laughs> See what the uh, Four Down Territory fans have to say about that defense, Pete? Yeah, I don't think it holds up in court. Yeah, we are not. The judges, we're not the jury. We will be the executioners next week. We'll decide your punishment if, if the fans decide you're guilty. But uh, I'll tell you this. You can make that into a Twitter poll. Yeah, should, should is Pete guilty? <laughs> yes or no? No contest. <laughs> is Pete guilty? <laughs> the world wants to know. I want to know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I believe anymore. 
So, Kiefer, Adam, and I, we hit the links. We hit the links Friday afternoon. And it went pretty well. It went pretty well. Adam really improved throughout <laughs> the day. We all got off to a very rough start. Yeah, it was I'll tell you what, that, that first hole is not, a, not really a treat at Waveland, but. Um, very friendly. Mm-mm. You got to just get it up in the air. And... But, uh, you know, actually, it, in all seriousness, it was a pretty fun time. Pete's leaving because I guess his yep. sister's picking up her kid, Pete's nephew. Pete's an uncle, by the way, if the podcast didn't know. Uncle Pete. I have an Uncle Pete. Shout out. Shout out to my Uncle Pete. I wonder if he was on the Pete Destroyer list. Oh, my God. I should ask him. Say, hey, what do you know about Pete Destroyer? And he'll <laughs> say, I don't want to talk about it. I'm sure we can, we can still talk about golf. You know, Pete's not here, I guess. Yeah, so we I can talk like about golf. Right? Yeah, because Pete won't have much to say about it since he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Do we have a, a counter on how many balls we lost? I think I had five. You lost five? Okay. On nine holes. Hank? I lost maybe like three or four. I'm pretty sure I lost five or six, but I ended up finding like five or six. So we broke. That's true. In your scavenges for your own golf balls, you found other people's golf balls. I think one of the balls you found was actually mine because I hit a couple on on the first hole. The yeah, the first hole of mine went into like this this tree area with a bunch of tall grass, and I went down looking for it because it was right kind of by the path where our golf carts were going. Didn't find my exact ball, but there were like six other balls down there, so I just started grabbing them because I was like, "I'm gonna need these. I'm gonna hit more balls." Adam Hensley, professional ball grabber. <laughs> it was definitely a good time. Um, if we had stayed out for eighteen, would have hit the drink cart when it came by. But we just let her pass on by. I then we went to grab the drink. <clears throat> that whole day felt like it was just like guys in the office, like just, you know, office talk, mm-hmm. you know, around on the golf course. Then we immediately went and hit happy hour for drinks. And everybody else at the bar was an adult. We were the only people like under the age of like probably 30 there. It was a good time though. I mean, 24 years old though, Adam, you're pretty close. I know, I'm uh, borderline. They were like, everyone kind of gave me looks, like, what are you doing here? But then they're like, oh, no, you're close enough, fine. I will say my biggest gripe of the day was with that one guy that we let play through. Uh, <laughs> he passed us when he said, um, I'm not sure you guys heard it, but he's like, you guys just starting out? Is that why it's such a bad game? <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> I did not hear that. Yeah, I, I definitely definitely heard that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. I mean there were three there were three of us mm-hmm. and he was one guy, so obviously he's gonna play faster, but like mm-hmm. uh, also jokes on him because he has no friends to golf with. <clears throat> I don't know what's true. We showed him. Honestly, that would have been a sick comeback. I was like, we're all your like, friends. Yeah, <laughs> one of you from like uh Treat everyone like that? Is that why you're golfing alone? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, where are the rest of your friends? Pete the Destroyer, is that you? Are they busy today again? <laughs> oh, we were talking about hatching Pete, and I came up with an uh, idea for a segment for the podcast. We just take names of Disney Channel original movies, and we come up with our own plot. Like, like, I, like <laughs> we, we get the title. So, like, for instance... 
I tell you guys the title of the movie is Hatching Pete, and then you guys each come up with what you think the actual movie was about. I think that would be fun. I feel like we just... Okay, what was Max Keeble's big move actually about? Honestly, so Max Keeble's big move was actually... Got transferred from one prison to another prison. (laughs) (laughs) He got got transferred from... um, I don't know. He got transferred to solitary confinement. <laughs> I don't know what comes before solitary. So it's uh, uh, Max Keeble's big move refers to a money move. He uh, invests heavily in Bitcoin. Ooh. <laughs> <Like> crypto. <laughs> yep. Straight <laughs> Zoomer move. I forgot about that, Adam. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all crypto right now. <laughs> do, we, do we think the bitcoin like phase is over oh no it's it's no. still it's still alive how much is a bitcoin does anybody know i'll look this Gosh. up can it's you imagine the bitcoin oh can, thanks pete yeah can you guys imagine if like in high school when it was really cheap if we had just bought a little bit of bitcoin we were so stupid okay so right now uh one bitcoin equals nine thousand two hundred thirty one dollars and thirty one cents why United did we States. not do that? <laughs> We're so stupid. Oh my god. Grave. So let's say how how many bit how let's if, if we went back in time, how many bitcoins would we have like had between the four of us? Fifty? If we had fifty bitcoins that we bought back then and kept them now, we would have more than four hundred and sixty thousand dollars between the four of us. What if we what if we sold it at its highest selling price instead of uh, holding on to it right now because it's been valued at more than nine thousand dollars before. I'm pretty sure. Um, that's a good question. Well, yeah. Uh, what was crypto's peak? Oh my goodness! Hello. What have we here? Okay, Pete's we're, going to, a, the we're going to a solo cam on Pete. Oh, don't go anywhere, buddy. So Pete's de- Pete left because uh, his son of nephew was leaving, and then his dog jumped up on the screen. So mm-hmm. in March. 2010 or no may 2010 excuse me bitcoin was worth less than a penny we could be filthy rich right now you <laughs> messed up uh, have you just spent a dollar on bitcoin we okay so yeah let, I'll, hold up i got that if you had invested ten dollars ten dollars in bitcoin right when it started in 2010 ten dollars would have been hold on Wait, how, what's the math on that? A, so you said... How many Bitcoins would that that's be? That's 10,000 pennies. Okay, so 10,000... Hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, 10,000 Bitcoins. Oh, it is not working for me. I don't know if we broke the machine on Google. Hold on. You said it's worth how much right now? 9,000 what? Okay. Keep track of my decimal points here. We, if we invested $10 of Bitcoin, so we'd have like 10,000, whatever. $92,313,100. Is that it was real? That, it was that easy to be insanely filthy rich. Wow. All you had to do was not make fun of Bitcoin and just buy $10 of it. And I'm just going to start buying random things that are worth less than a dollar right now. Mm-hmm. Buy $10 of all like of penny stocks and hope that they blow the up. Get rich quick. Wolf of Wall Street. Honestly, kind of mad Pete's nephew wasn't on the pod. He was in his room. 
but Pete was on right, mute. Right, that was perfect. We could have heard his thoughts. I want to hear what Jack has to say. How old is Jack? Fifty? Uh, no, um, he's like he's a toddler. Oh, there he is! There he is! Hey, buddy, get on here. <laughs> oh, Jack, be on the podcast. Say something. Oh, here we go. Oh, he was picked up by Pete's sister. Jack has officially made a. Oh, he's about Jack to. Oh, the chair. Chair. Pete, bring him on. Jack, what, what would you like to say to the pod? What's up, Jack? Hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. Thanks for coming on. What do you want to say, Jack? Jack, how are you doing today? Very wise. He's very good about talking about nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, how was your nap? (laughs) Jack, what do you think about the MLB coming back? Uh, uh, Oh. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I know. I hate Vince McMahon too. This is great. Can we get your thoughts on Steve Nash really quick, Jack? Jack, Rob Manfred ruined everything, right? (laughs) Okay. Be right back. Bye, Jack. Bye, Jack. Not mute. Go. Thanks for asking Jack to be a guest speaker and not me. Much appreciated. <laughs> I'm, I say keep this thing rolling. Yeah, Jack's had a lot of good input. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Very wise. That was Jack. Great guest. He had a lot of insightful things to say. I liked what he said about Rob Manfred. Jack, thank you for coming on. Um, you've left. I'm assuming you're getting into your car seat now or something. Um, but uh, thanks for hopping on the show. For the second week in a row, Iowa media personality, Lucy Rodine, joins the podcast. Back for more. Lucy, thank you again for joining us. It's so great to talk to you guys two weeks in a row. I love all of this. <laughs> so, Lucy, for, again, we're going to ask you to plug your stuff just like we did last week. Um, where can people find you if they want to find you? You can definitely find me. You'll... Most likely find me on Twitter. If you know me, that's how you know me, at Lucy Rodine TV. Um, and then my website, LucyRodine.com, LucyRodine.com slash Barstool Lucy. I have a YouTube channel. I got a Facebook page, Instagram account, the whole whole nine yards. So it's not tough to find me. There aren't many Lucy Rodines out there. And it's R-O-H-D-E-N. Wait, I thought we could find you in North Carolina. You can find <laughs> me in North Carolina, too. Well, okay, on good. the internet and in North Carolina. So... Lucy, how would you describe yourself and what you do to our listeners? Um, I am a sports journalist that found out that I don't really like serious sports journalism. Um, I just try to tell jokes about sports and be lighthearted in my content. Um, And I found kind of a good avenue doing that on Twitter. So uh, professional tweeter is a good <laughs> way to describe me. Um, funny on a good day, uh, comfortable on camera. That's the, that's the three things I'm going to go with. So Lucy, you mentioned your Twitter and you're getting close to 6,000 followers on Twitter. Tell us your humble beginnings on Twitter and how you got to this point of being one of the Iowa Twitter personalities. Um, so I created my I used to have a personal Twitter account, um, which was just kind of like 
you know, your personal Twitter account. Like I wasn't sharing, I was sort of sharing my work, but it was retweeting funny stuff, you know, funny stuff my friend, friends did, whatever. Uh, and I created my professional account probably my sophomore, junior year of college, uh, early, late sophomore year. And I was sharing my stories and I'll just be honest with you. The, I was working for DITV at the time, student TV station and the stories I were, I was putting together, they weren't anything special. They were average stories. They were fine. They were good. They just weren't, you know, anything different. And starting early my junior year, I started doing my Big Ten Blitz show, which was formerly around the Big Ten. When it was around the Big Ten, it was just, uh, here's what happened in the Big Ten this week, and it was really dull and boring. And so um, I kind of rebranded it and tried to make it a little funnier, put some jokes in there, and it really stuck, and it started to get a lot of traction. So I just kind of found my avenue, my sort of brand personality on Twitter, which was humor and comedy and and using Iowa sports as a way to be funny and not so serious because like let's just be honest if you're going to Twitter for serious Iowa sports news you're not going to go to a student tv reporter you're going to go to the register you're going to go to ESPN you're going to go to Big Ten Network like you're not going to me so I just found a way to kind of be funny and so I, I started to gain like a small following my junior year and they were really loyal and they're still super loyal to this day and then very beginning of my senior year, I um, went to Iowa State, dressed up as an Iowa State student, and kind of pulled a prank on their students, made them look really dumb. And that's really when my, my Twitter popped off. And so I went from like 700 followers, to like 2,000. And then from there, just building on my brand, making funny videos. Uh, and, and it's been able to keep growing and, and, and building off, off of that. So it's honestly just being funny on the internet is what did it for me. So I've got that, your tweet. Where it says, I would never willingly go to Ames unless I had a prank in mind. Happy Sci-Hawk Week. It has the video. Um, as of right now, it says it has 315,000 views on just Twitter alone. It's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Did you, like, cut around any smart Iowa State fans, or are they all – did they all not know <laughs> what they were talking about? So, yeah, I, I get asked that question. I'd say that's the most common question I get when, like, people meet me. It's like, you're Iowa State girl. Did anyone, like, catch you? No. Um, I was very – look, I'm going to be honest. I was very judgmental on the people I picked. Like, uh -huh. if someone was wearing an Iowa State football jersey, I wasn't going to ask them. Yeah. Like – obviously I'm going to get caught. So mm -hmm. I had to be really judgmental off of one who was just willing to talk to me because most of the time, you know, your college kid walking to class, you don't want to. Uh, so I got a lot of no's. I had to be pretty judgy and I was very smart about the questions I asked. So I'd always start off by asking, are you a football fan? Do you follow Iowa State football? And then I'd make sure I asked, do you, do you know anything about Iowa football? Because a lot of the time, happened three or four times where I asked like, these opening questions and someone was like, actually, I grew up a really big Iowa fan. And so they would have known if I said, what are your thoughts on Iowa State legend Ricky mm -hmm. Sandy, that Ricky Sandy was an Iowa player. Yeah. So I was really strategic about my questions. No one caught me. The only time we got close is one, I asked one guy, like, do you think Geno uh, Stone's going to have a good game? And he said, oh, I'm not familiar with him. I said, oh, yeah, he was the third stringer. He just got serious minutes in the first game. And he was like, oh, oh, yeah, you know what? Now I know who you're talking about. <laughs> so there wasn't – no one caught me, but I was very selective about who I talked to. Smart. 
that whole thing was just so funny because it's like what all those, those talk shows do where it's like the whole man on the street thing yeah. and they just yeah, Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> does it all the time they just get people to open up on things that they don't they have no idea about but you know in front of a camera people are like oh I'm qualified oh yeah it was it was easy I mean it, it we were there for like 45 minutes it was taking candy from a baby <laughs> <laughs> and you got twitter clout from like Pat Hanger and other people too right yeah, so it it was super cool. So I did the I did the video. I've been actually I wanted to do it years ago, um, but I wasn't able to go to Ames for the game my sophomore year. So it's just kind of an idea I've had that I obviously got from someone else. I'm not that creative, um, but it's an idea I've had in the back of my pocket for a couple years. And so uh, it was part of my like hashtag Lucy for College Game Day picker campaign, just because I was like, oh, you know what? Like life is short. College Game Day is going to Ames. Like let's just be funny on the internet. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of used it as that campaign and I had a ton of people tweeting it. I, Pat Angerer did respond. He follows me on Twitter now, which is like <laughs> super cool. And there's like a nerdy Iowa fan growing up. I'm like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And so does Ricky Stanzi now too. And I was like, ha like I used you in my prank. Um, but I had like celebrities, like this one guy who's like on like a CW show. He's like a famous actor was tweeting it like Chris Hassel. I mean, mm-hmm. tons of famous Iowa connection people were tweeting my hashtag and sharing my videos which is just like it's unreal to think about it was so cool yeah and so now you talked about the game day picker hashtag that your your latest hashtag has transitioned into a different avenue now there's hashtag barstool lucy can you educate us on that yes so it is a i graduated from iowa in may um and right before covid kind of hit i was really deep into the job hunt process i was talking to stations going in for in in person interviews um and that obviously all stopped i want to go into sports and there's no need for a sports reporter right now so my job hunt went from like super lively to like dead uh and through some time and talking with my manager i realized that i don't want to do local news as much as I kind of thought I did. I, I like to be funny. I like to piss people off on the internet. Most of my followers on Twitter are because I piss somebody off and they're, they yeah. enjoyed that. And that's what I want to do. Um, and I want to do it where, where's the best place to do that? It's Barstool. So I'm a firm believer that if you want something in life, you just have to kind of like put yourself out there and go after it and not care. So I said, all right, I don't have any other, I have nothing to lose here. Mm-hmm. I want to work for Barstool. I'm going to tweet at them every day. I'm going to keep tweeting content. I'm going to get the crazy Iowa fans who love me to tweet the hashtag and tweet at Dave Fortnoy and just keep tweeting until I get a job, until they block me or until they flat out say no. And so <laughs> we're a few weeks into it. It's going to take some time, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, fuck it. What do I have to lose? You know, life mm-hmm. is short. I want to work for Barstool. So I'm going to do what I can to work there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you kind of already mentioned what you'd want to do at Barstool, but like, is there a particular sport that you like, is college football, like kind of something that you, I don't know, like. I would love to to do whatever Barstool wants me to do. Um, I love being on social media. I think that I have a good on camera presence and I think that Barstool has really crushed the podcast game. Um, But I think that like video wise, I think I could really contribute there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy to do anything there. I love college football. I love college basketball. Like if I could talk about college sports, I'd want to, but 
I talk about anything. If Barcelona wants me to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. Because if I can be mm -hmm. funny and, and talk about sports and life, then that's, that's a dream job. I mean, I don't know what else I could want. Maybe get in on the pizza reviews. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I would switch it up a little. I'll do something other mm -hmm. than pizza. Uh, what's mm -hmm. the okay, What would calzone? you review? The, oh. The opposite. Because it's like, isn't that a, like a folded pizza? Basically. Calzone? Yeah. Oh, I love calzones. So I could do the calzone reveal because <laughs> it's like the inverse. Mm -hmm. You know, female, male would be Dave Portnoy. He's pizza. I'm calzone. Like, could be a nice, a nice little gig there. I'm getting nodes of, of Ben from Parks and Rec. That's what I think every time, too. Below Cal, Calzone Zone. <laughs> That's been me during this quarantine. <laughs> Have you started making any stop uh, stop claymation? Some, yeah, some claymation like uh, Sunday morning. <laughs> That's it. That's the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> Been working on that for three weeks. Lucy, we also wanted to ask you a little bit. So we don't want to like, you know, attack your fan bases, but we kind of do. Uh, Duke basketball is in a little, oh, like the waters are kind of hot, a little warm. Paying Zion Williamson, like, is this the end of Coach K's empire? Is he on the hot seat? No. Coach K will never be on the hot seat. Look, he, he's not. I mean, I am a loyal Duke fan. I want – let's just be honest. We all know that the major blue blood programs, Kentucky, Duke, UNC, Kansas, they're all paying their players. Mm -hmm. They're all doing stuff to get those guys there. We all know it. If you have somehow just pretended that it's not happening, well, like, newsflash, here it is. That's just the way college basketball works, and that's the way college basketball is going to work until high school players can leave directly into the NBA. That's mm -hmm. just the way it's going to work. So am I surprised? No. Am I disappointed? Not really, because you know what? I want to win. I'm happy I got to – and I know we didn't, which sucks. Um, but I'm happy I got to see Zion in a Duke uniform. And I would just say that Coach K is – he's so legendary that I just don't see any way that he takes the fall for this. Like, he's just mm – -hmm. he's too powerful. And, it, and especially when it's happening it, – it's happening at Kentucky. It's happening at UNC. It's happening at Kansas. It's happening everywhere. Yeah. I yeah. mean, major programs. I'm not saying it's happening in, like, Iowa. Like, I don't think that's happening yeah. there. Well, yeah, he, Coach K's above accountability is what you're trying to say. Yup. <laughs> and I'm okay with that because that's the price of winning in college basketball at this point. And, like, if giving Zion Williamson's family benefits is, like, that wrong, cry me river. Like, he's mm – -hmm. if Coach K was doing something seriously messed up, if Coach K was – you know, I, I mean, just a bad, bad dude doing terrible, awful things. And, like, no, I don't want him to be, like, above accountability. But, like, when it's stuff that other coaches across the country are doing and it's – he's, you know what, helping out his family, fine with me. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. Call me a cheater. Whatever. Go Duke. Hey, Lucy, I have an important Coach K question. Oh, God. How is that last name pronounced Shashevsky? How does that work? Man, I don't know. My sister calls him Mike Wazowski, um, <laughs> or she used to at least. I don't think she does anymore. I just try to say Coach K all the time because even as a loyal Duke fan, Shashevsky, it still gets me. Like it's, it's just so I don't, I don't get it, but I don't question it at this point because, like we said, he's above power. He can make his name pronounced whatever he wants. It looks like it should be like Krasuski. 
I read it Shashevsky now just because like that's what I've always known. But oof. I don't think I've read it Shashevsky one time in my entire life. I've always I read it Supposed to be read. When I was in fifth grade, that was our bone. I remember this. That was our bonus question on our spelling test. You know, the bonus word you got? Uh-huh. It was So I used to know how to spell it. I don't know anymore. Could you try? Uh, oh, um, yeah. This is good. This is good. Hold on. Uh-huh. Look it up so we have this is not going to go well. <laughs> um, this okay. is, is, can, this can is you are the, you. Can you use the word in a sentence? Uh, it's like uh, definition, please. Here we go. <laughs> callback Origin. it's just like are you a beaut this but instead it is a game <laughs> to see if lucy is a duke fan okay <laughs> the spelling shashevsky should not be the like how you measure if someone's oh, a duke fan or not. that's impossible <laughs> that was all, right. all right all right lucy just so spell it k-r-y-z <laughs> right keep going k-r-y-z henry messed me up K R Y Z, isn't it like W E S K I? It's uh. Was I close? I feel like I really you were, you were close. It like it was K R Z Y Z E W S K I. I I was semi close. I just you uh, have a lot of the letters there. Just yeah, not yeah. In the right well, order. I didn't add any extra. I just uh-huh. missed you. That's pretty good. It's okay. I'll learn how to spell it. Yeah. I maybe, never will, actually. Maybe someday. Down the road. Well, when you keep seeing his name in court documents, maybe you'll be Stop. able to spell I, 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 it after nope. a while. Mm-mm. Nope. No court docs. <laughs> Was fine. it worth it? Because they didn't win anything with that group. Was Like, not an actual title is what I'm trying to say. Yes, that, that hurts, and I think about that all the time. But I think it was worth it. I mean, okay. to see Zion play, have him on my team, that's so awesome. I get chills. Butterflies makes me so happy. So we think that Loyola paid to recruit Sister Jean too. <laughs> oh, they definitely did. Absolutely. I mean, come on. Her family totally getting paid off on the side. We all know it. Here's another question for you. I have his Wikipedia page pulled up right now. Oh God! Really? Where was Mike Shashevsky born? Chicago. Correct. <laughs> What position did he play with Army? Point guard. Correct. Where did he get his coaching start? Indiana. How tall is Mike Krzyzewski? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know that one. I would say... This isn't on his Wikipedia page, so someone has I'm gonna to go check. I'm going to go 5'9". Oh, very close. What is it? Uh, Google overview has him at 5'10". Uh, yeah, I feel like he's shrunk a little, so I'm going to give myself the 5'9". <laughs> when was the last time he was named the Naismith College Coach of the Year? Oh, what, 20, 2015 maybe. That's when they won the last national title. When was 1999. it? 1999. Not even in this millennium. So his wife, Carol Marsh, what is her nickname? Mickey. Yes, that's right. <laughs> no, I know. Like... Where did they get married? <laughs> what? The Catholic Chapel at West Point at the day of his graduation in 1969, according to Wikipedia. Well, grandchildren know. does Mike Krzyzewski have? He has five daughters. I have no idea how many grandchildren Incorrect he has. on that as well. I thought he had five daughters. He has three, three daughters. Oh, I thought he had five. Do you think I knew Mike he didn't Krzyzewski- have any sons. 
Do you think Mike Krzyzewski likes to pop bubble wrap? No. You are totally incorrect. According to this ESPN article, do you know Mike Krzyzewski? He loves to pop bubble wrap. That's so hard for me to envision him, like, just popping bubble wrap like that. It's so weird. Well, he seems like you... the guy that would do it with a straight face. Yeah, I feel like he would just, like, very this is intensely. Fun. Well, you got to have something to take off the edge of recruiting violations. <laughs> Unexplained health issues yeah. from all that bubble wrap popping. <laughs> we also wanted to ask, too, so you grew up, though, in, like, Tar Heel country. Yes, I did. Why didn't you become a fan of the better program? Um, so this is actually an awesome story. So I grew up uh, in outside of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which is where Wake Forest is. Um, but even though that Wake Forest is in this town, it's completely a Tar Heel town. Like no one – Wake Forest has the most apathetic fans in, in the world. They don't care. Um, it's a smart school. Athletics, they don't care. Since Chris Ball has been gone, doesn't matter. Um, and so I actually grew up cheering for Carolina. Um, one of my, like, elementary school classes was, like, we did, like, a multiplication tournament type of deal. And, my cla- my t- and you picked a team, and my class team was Carolina. So I owned the T-shirts. Um, and my dad's an Iowa grad. And for those of you who remember the Lick Lighter years, you don't want to remember the Lick Lighter years. And so I couldn't, I couldn't get them televised in North Carolina because Iowa was so bad. And so I would just cheer for UNC. I wanted to, I mean, I'm in basketball country. I want to watch basketball. So I cheered for Carolina. Actually really wanted to go to school there. I was kind of, you know, all pro UNC. And then Fran McCaffrey got hired my freshman year of high school. Uh, and so Iowa started to see a turnaround. So I obviously was always going to cheer for the Hawks for my dad went to school. You know, my family is a Hawkeye family. And that's always my top allegiance is Iowa. But cheer for you and see whatever. And then 2014, the big 10 ACC challenge is uh, Iowa at UNC. And so uh, my dad, his girlfriend and my brother, we signed out a school and went to the game. And obviously we're cheering for Iowa. Chapel Hill is like an hour away from me. Uh, Get to the game. And I don't know if you guys remember this, if you remember the game at all, but it was probably one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen in my life. It was a terrible, awful game. Um, Iowa was unranked and supposed to get the crap beat out of them. And UNC was like number 12. Uh, And Iowa ended up winning this game somehow, some way. Like both teams played awful. It was a horrible basketball game. But, you know, to see Iowa win in the Dean Dome is unreal. You know, not unranked opponent beating UNC in the Dean Dome is just like a crazy thing. That doesn't happen. And so to get to witness that was awesome. So my brother and I were – you know, cheering, celebrating. My dad and his girlfriend were sitting a little farther away from us, and a fan in front of me turned around. Old dude, had to be like 70, with his like 45-year-old trophy wife all plastic surgeryed up next to him. And he's like, you're the reason that UNC lost this game. Like, screw you. Like, like get out of the Dean Dome. You're not welcome here. And I'm 16 at the time, but it easily could have passed for 12 easily my brother's 12 could have passed for like six like eight or like we are young kids and I'm like no sir like I'm sorry like we're just trying to enjoy this game like we don't get to see Iowa play in person very much like I mean it ended how it ended and he's like what makes you think you can cheer in a basketball game like that like screaming yelling clapping I was like because it's a basketball game like that's what you do like if you're a fan you cheer 
uh, and he just starts yelling at me. And this old man push, puts his hands on me and shoves me back into my chair. And I'm, you know, 16. A couple other Iowa fans had, like, found us during the game, so they came and sat with us. And so one lady, her name was Tiffany. I'll never forget her. She was actually a professor of law at Wake Forest, uh, but her dad was an Iowa alum. She was at the game. She was like, sir, like, you just assaulted a minor. She's 12 years old. And I was like, well, I'm 16, but we're not going to say that. And so security ended up having to take him out and take us out because – so many UNC fans were like yelling at me and my brother harassing us. It's a super wine and cheese crowds, like weren't cheering, weren't involved during the game, whatever, but just harassing the heck out of me and my like 12 year old brother. And I left that game and I hated Carolina. I was so thrown off by that experience by having some old dude touch me at a freaking basketball game. And so I constantly cheered for UNC to lose at that point. And then it, it hit me one day that the only thing that UNC fans hate more than losing is Duke winning. So I would cheer for Duke just to piss off Carolina fans. <laughs> and it really stuck. And then when I moved to Iowa, you know, I was, I was there in Iowa City. I wasn't special anymore being the only Iowa fan there. And so kind of wanted a connection back home. So I, I really started to cheer for Duke, really started to get into it. And it, it just, I really embraced it. And I talked to Duke fans about it here. I'm like, yeah, I'm a Duke fan, but I'm only a Duke fan because I hate UNC. That's how it started. And they always are like, you know what? That is the best type of Duke fan is we will welcome <laughs> any Duke fan that's here because they hate Carolina. So that's a long-winded way of saying I'm a Duke fan because I hate UNC. That was a great story. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd still like – I'll watch you and see games and like look in the section we were sitting at to see if I see that old man that touched me. Like I, if I saw him, I'd take him out. <laughs> I, I think about him like probably not all the time, but enough where I'm like, hmm, you really, you changed my life and you have no idea. There are so many teams that I cheer for. Like, I think that's like such a strong, like interesting fandom as I love to hear why people like their teams, but especially when people like teams because of experiences or hate teams because mm -hmm. of experiences. Like I know so many people who have certain teams they hate because they went to a game there and had such a miserable time and their fans were so awful. And like that stuff matters, man. That's why I'm a Duke fan. Like I really hate Carolina. Yeah. Odds are you were probably the only 16 year old shoved by an old man at that game. Um, like, I don't know about like, specific yeah. that specific game. <laughs> yeah. He was, I'm sure he shoved more more 16 years ago. Yeah, he's a – someone's got to stop him. I wish I knew his name or anything about him. He Fish was gate. so old. He had a freaking sweater vest on. Like, oh, so old. What's wrong with the sweater vest? You're at a basketball game. Wear a jersey. Wear a T-shirt. Bob Knight wore a sweater vest, didn't he? Yeah, and he also grabbed kids by the neck, too. Like, <laughs> not, gonna, not an ideal person to look up to. Better coach than Krzyzewski, though. Get out of here. That's, <laughs> That's funny because Bob Knight, you know, taught Coach K. That was his first. Yeah. Right? Now they hate each other, though. So, well, he hates Coach K. Coach mm -hmm. K doesn't hate him. You know, Mike's mm -hmm. an angel. I wanted to ask, you know, it's kind of backtracking a little bit, but throughout your sports journalism personality career, what are, what are some wild sports stories or experiences that you've had? I know there was something along the ESPYs. Do you want to tell us about that? 
Yeah, so I got to go to the ESPYs because I was living out in LA. I got to intern for a TV station that was owned by the Dodgers and Lakers. It was phenomenal. It was the coolest internship ever. I loved it. Um, but there's an Iowa grad who works at Fox Sports. His name's Isaiah Scales. Uh, fantastic human. Love him to death. And I actually met up with another Iowa grad in Martin. And he was like, hey, do you want to go out to lunch and then go tour the Fox Studios one, uh, one day? And I was like, heck yeah. So we go. And then when we were on our tour of Fox, we ran into Isaiah. And he was like, hey, what are you doing in a few weeks? And I was like, I don't know. He goes, I have an extra seat filler ticket to the ESPYs. Do you want to go? I'm, yes. Oh, my God, yes. And so he gave me all the details, didn't have to pay for anything. So week before I just went and bought a dress, which was crazy expensive and, you know, got all my hair, makeup, jewelry, all that stuff. And then we go to, it, it was at the um, Microsoft theater. So right behind the Staples center. So we just go there and then they assign you a seat. And the only rule is like, don't take pictures with the athletes. Um, like if we see you taking pictures, you're going to get in trouble. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Uh, and so I started sitting next to the uh, Texas A&M football team. So I was sitting next to Jimbo Fisher. Um, and then I got moved to behind Dwight Howard. I couldn't see a thing. He's so tall. Um, and so I was like behind Dwight Howard uh, next and then in front of Jim Calhoun. And then like, it was like halfway through the, the show and they were like, okay, like it was a seat break. So they're like, all right, we need somebody to move. And she like pointed at me and she's like, you come here. She goes, you're up there. And I was like, up there, up there. And she was like, up there. And so I took Jared Goff's seat. And so I was on the very edge of the row, but on the opening seat next to me was Rob Gronkowski. Um, and then Giannis was right behind me. And it was, I was there for like, the last hour and a half of the show and so every time they'd like open up the ESPYs they do the shot and you could see me front row and so I didn't tell a whole lot of people I was going I told like my close friends and people started texting me and was like hey are you sitting front row with the ESPYs and I was like <laughs> yeah I am <laughs> and we weren't allowed to have our phones out but finally I was like it, I don't care this is so cool kick me out um, and it was so cool because the first presenter after I got moved up to the front was Kobe Bryant and I was like 10 feet away from him and like Giannis ended up winning male athlete of the year so you can like see me get up and cheer for him in the celebration and it was it I don't imagine that I ever do anything as cool as that again like I'm I'm aware that I've peaked at this point and it was awesome it was totally worth it I got to see Zion Williamson I got to was sitting in front of Paul Pierce I got to see just every celebrity every athlete I've ever dreamed of seeing and it was unreal it was so cool mm -hmm. And you mentioned another head coach better than Mike Shashevsky, Jim no, Calhoun. I was just waiting for that to come. I was just <laughs> waiting for it. Uh, especially because that's actually the team that I root for, the Yukon Huskies, which is what Jim Calhoun's best known for. Obviously not the coach anymore. But He's coaching like a D3 school. Yeah. It's so cute. That makes I me happy. so much. I didn't talk to him, but he did sit behind me. I, I, you probably better off for not talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> That man has the worst personality, I think, of, I don't know. He's just, he's such a dick. I said hi to Giannis. I, like, made sure I had to say something to him. And I, like, smiled at Gronk. And he was, like, back. You know, he did the Gronk smile. And it was so cool. If I were sitting near Jim Calhoun, I don't think I would have <laughs> been able to, like, do you guys remember that press conference of him going, what do you want me to say? I f***ed up? <laughs> 
I don't. I do not think I would have been able to hold myself in from like taunting him with that, just to see what would happen. <laughs> Did you talk to any of the athletes that you're around, or you're I just... talked. I talked to Giannis because he was like right there and was so cool. And then a couple like the. I don't know who they are, but some of the Texas A&M football players, because they were up for, like, moment of the year or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I s- saw Chris Berman, so Boomer, and I talked to him because uh, he knew my boss really well. Um, like, weird side note. So sometimes when I would work Dodgers games and they there would be rain delay or something like that, you know, you still have to sit there. And my boss would always um, prank call, like, he's been working in sports media for years, but he would always like prank call or leave voicemails for like major like sports media personality. So we were just sitting there and he was like, Hey, watch this. And he just like puts his phone on speaker and he dialed Chris Berman and we got to hear his voicemail, which was ridiculous. <laughs> Fun fact about Boomer every day, he updates his voicemail. Like it's June 16th. The forecast is this in June. Like we'll see you here tomorrow. Blah, blah, blah. Leave a message. And I so would call I got him to hear, every day to find out. Yeah, what I call him every day to find out. That's fantastic. It, which was super interesting to hear. So I like saw him and I was like, "Hey, I've heard your voicemail." Like, and like the women's national team, they won like team of the year, so they were all up at the end. So like, I just talked to anybody who would talk to me. I talked to Dwight Howard a little bit, like, and I tried to look really nice. Like the look I was, I was going for the athlete girlfriend look. I wanted people to think I belonged there. Um, so. I wanted people to think like, oh my God, is she, da- is she dating Giannis? And obviously <laughs> I'm not, but that was the look I was going for. Uh, was I've heard your voicemail, your opener to Chris Berman, or did you just, was that like the first thing you said to him? <laughs> I was like, hey, I was like, hi, I work at Spectrum. I work with Stu Mitchell. And he was like, oh, I know Stu. I go, yeah, I've heard your voicemail a lot. Like he calls it. And he was like, oh yeah, like he does. <laughs> he was really nice. They were all really nice. No one was mean to me. <laughs> it's because I look like an athlete girlfriend. That's such a cool story. It's awesome. It was the coolest thing I've ever done. But I also know, like, mm, I don't, I don't see a way I top that. I really don't. I, <laughs> I, it's all, it's all been downhill since. <laughs> I, What's your favorite question that you've ever gotten asked? Just in, like, I don't know if you've been, I don't know. I assume people ask you questions about what you do and how you do it. What's your favorite question that you've gotten asked and what's the answer to it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, That is a really good, maybe that's my favorite question because that's so good. Um, I would say, um, I like the simple questions. Like I like when people ask like, what is an unexpected like part of your job that like came up that you really love? I love when people ask me about my relation, like my relationship and my like bond with Iowa fans. Um, because like Adam kind of alluded to earlier, they're a super loyal following. They really, the Iowa fans who follow and support my career do it religiously. You know, they share all my stuff. They, they care about me. You know, they really want to see me succeed. And anytime that I can get the chance to talk about how awesome they are and how much they've done for my career and how lucky I am to have a fan base at all. Nonetheless, one that's so passionate and cares so much about me is like, uh, it's, I talk about myself a lot. That's the whole point of this podcast is that I've talked about myself the entire time. Like I can be super narcissistic, but that's my favorite thing to talk about is Mm -hmm. how awesome Iowa fans are and how much they've done for me and how much I love them. It's, It's my sentimental answer. 
Lucy, thank you again for coming on the Four Down Territory podcast. We didn't want to interrupt your, your day of spreading your Barstool Lucy campaign. So thank you for taking time. This is my next step in Barstool Lucy. It's mm-hmm. proving my podcast versatility. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Next time Adam takes a week off, you can guest host. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wait till my next spontaneous trip up north to Wisconsin to go fish. Yeah, I do it sometimes. That's just life. <laughs> Again, for our listeners, uh, Lucy can be found on Twitter at Lucy Rodin TV. Go check out her stuff. Go support the brand. Hashtag Barstool Lucy. Spread it like wildfire. Hashtag Barstool Lucy. Tweet it as much as you can. Tag Portnoy. Tag Erica Nardini. Big Cat likes my tweets, so I know if you tag them, they see it. But yeah, Lucy, thank you again for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. First episode where we have two guests in one show and our first time having a, a two-time guest on the podcast. This was a, a podcast of first today, boys. And our first time having a one-year-old on. We got rid of the age restriction on our podcast halfway through. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> halfway through the podcast, you're like, you know what, screw it, let's have a one-year-old on. <laughs> so there is more news with Major League Baseball. Um, which we would be remiss if we didn't talk about at least a little bit about. I know we've talked about it pretty much every single podcast, but Rob Manfred, the day after our last episode dropped, executed an executive order saying that there would be a 60-game Major League Baseball season, and that's that on that. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, I don't know that it really was. I think we really put a – put his feet to the fire on that one. Rob Manfred, confirmed listener of Four Down Territory. Mm-hmm. He's trying not to be an enemy, but I'm afraid to say he still is. Enemies of the podcast, Pete Rudin, Pete Destroyer, Steve Nash, um, Rob Manfred, Vince McMahon, uh, the 2002 Game 6 Western Conference Finals refs. Um, Thank you all for listening. Thanks to all of our enemies uh, for giving us content. Coleman, Coleman, can't forget about Coleman. Um, uh, uh, Take care. So let's throw it over to Pete Rudin, who's going to tell us a little bit more about nothing. Hey, I'm talking about nothing. <laughs>